baby, this is more like it, eh? <laughs> hey, uh, if you're watching uh, online and you are experiencing Jesus, uh, we thank God for you. We love you. We are grateful for you. You are a valued part of Central Christian Church. And it's by the gracious hand of God that you've been brought into this moment for the spiritual experience. And if you happen to be in the room, you fell asleep. <laughs> no, if you're in the room, I love you. We thank God for you. You are a valued part of Central Christian Church and you are here because the gracious hand of God has drawn you to this place, drawn you to this moment. And I've got a lot to say about the gracious hand of God on your life, on your marriage, on our work, on this church. Uh, but first, we're gonna call down the gracious hand of God. I'm gonna ask our student's pastor, Michael, uh, to come up and join me. And uh, our new director of cross-cultural integration. Dang. Uh, this, this is Michael, and he's going to pray for our parents and our educators. And Michelle uh, McElroy, um, basically that fancy title means she's going to help us all grow in the love of Jesus. Have a church of harmony. Have a church united, Iglesia, New Life, and Central. One church under the banner of Jesus. Now, I have asked Michelle to pray because I want her to remember, as she prays for our students, I want her to remember the 40 boys uh, that Ray serves in Chicago. I want you to remember the children in Haiti that we are making possible uh, to go to school during this difficult season. And so, Michael, if you would open, and Michelle, if you would close, we're going to call down the gracious hand of God. Michael, please. Yeah, let's, let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you. God, we thank you for um, all of our teaching staff, God. We'll start there, God. We, we thank you for, for these missionaries, God. That's what they are. They serve in a missions field for our students, God, our, our kids. God, right now we lift them up, God. We, we pray that they would be beacons of hope, beacons of light, and beacons of peace in, in, a, in a school setting that is, is full of fear, God. God, I pray for, for wisdom over our teachers, that as our, our teachers teach these kids, God, that you would fill them with your wisdom and your discernment to do what is right and to say what is right, God. God, we, we also pray for safety over these, these teachers, God, as they're walking into to this, this pandemic, God. I, I ask that you would you'd be their, their hedge of protection, God, that they wouldn't, God, that they wouldn't ever walk out of where you are, God. God, right now I lift up parents, God, God, we know that there's more and more students now that are, are, are facing this pandemic and, and are choosing to stay home, God. And I'm sure there's a lot of parents right now, God, that they're feeling completely inept, God, to lead their, their students when it comes to their, their scholar, scholarly uh, wisdom, God. And I, I just ask right now that you, God, that you'd give them wisdom, God, that you'd help them to see that they, they're the original teacher, God, and, and that they are, they're chosen by you, God, that those kids that are, are in their presence, God, every single day, God, that they are a picture of Jesus to them. God, we thank you, God. We, we ask that you would be over all of them. God, we also want to pray over our, our difference makers in, in, in CY and in, in Kids Works, God. God, we pray that you'd make, make us good spiritual moms and dads to these kids, God. 
where we can show them your goodness and your grace. Father God, we just thank you so much for your gracious hand, Lord God. We thank you for the breath of life, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity to serve you, oh Father. Father God, I just want to pray over all the youth, Lord God. This is a strange time for them, and I know they may feel the nervous tension of their parents and their caregivers, Lord God, but I just pray, Lord God, that you give them a spirit of ease and a spirit of peace, Lord God. I know they may be lonely, Lord God. I know they may have fear, Lord God, but I pray that you replace that fear, Lord God, with strength, Lord God, and power and focus, Lord God, that they focus on what's before them, Lord God, that their minds become stronger, Lord God. Father God, that they have an eagerness to learn, Lord God. Lord God, this is a trying time emotionally for kids, Lord God. They're trying to figure out who they are and who whose they are, which is yours, oh God. So Father God, I pray that you make that be known. Let it be clear, Lord God. Give them resources and support to help them sort out all their emotions, Lord God. I also ask, Lord God, that you put your hand, Lord God, your loving, unchanging hand on the youth in Haiti, Lord God, that we are supporting, Father God, through your blessings, Lord God. I pray that you continue to bless them, Lord God, with resources and support, Lord God, adults there who could help them through whatever trials and tribulations they may be going through. Lord God, I pray that you not only bless the 40 boys of the Ray of Hope on Earth ministry, Lord God, but I pray that you bless all the inner city youth, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God, with your hand of protection, Lord God. Bless them with your gracious hand of supervision, Lord God, because some of them have to learn from home and they don't have supervision. So we pray, Lord God, that you keep them disciplined you keep them safe and you support them, Lord God. Father God, we just thank you for giving us this opportunity to speak the breath of life over all youth, Lord God. All the youth that are going through this difficult time and don't know how to handle it. And we just thank you and we rejoice right now because we know you are a faithful God. Thank you so much, Lord God, for everything that you've done and all that you're doing. We know we can count on you even in these trying times. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I love you. Thank you, guys. Um, by the time I get done, man, I, I hope your heart is just filled with a, a deep longing for the gracious hand of God to be on every aspect of your life, on your relationships, on your finances, on your emotional well-being, your mental well-being. Now, to understand the profound implications of the gracious hand of God, let me just share with you that the Hebrew word in the Bible for hand is yod. Yod. Say yod. Okay, now you're a Hebrew scholar. At least you're as smart as me. Uh, Yod means hand in the Bible. Now, in Old Testament times, they did not have numbers like we have numbers. They gave a numerical value to each letter in their alphabet. And the numerical value of Yod is 14. Count the knuckles in your hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. God, the hand, the hand of God. Now, the anatomy lesson was for free. <laughs> or you can send in 995. The hand of God, the 14 of God. 
Now, here's why we want to call it down on our children. Here's why we want to call it down on our finances. Here's why we want to call it down on every aspect of our life. The 14 of God gives power, the power to get through struggle, the power to get through difficulty. It empowers marriage. It empowers friendships. Let me give you the word of God. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. So there is a glorious power for every aspect of your life when the gracious hand of God rests on your life. Also, uh, let me show you. The 14 of God, the 14 of God gives victory. You always win. You always win. You always win. You can never lose when the gracious hand of God is on your life. Scripture says this. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. But there's more. Check this out. The 14 of God gives unity. You see, outside the body of Christ, people are divided by politics. People are divided by opinions. People are divided by Facebook posts. People are divided by about just, just about anything. But in the body of Christ, where the precious, victorious, powerful, gracious hand of God reigns, there is unity. Let me show you. Scripture says the hand of God was on the people to give them unity. Oh, God, put your hand of grace on us. Let our church be united in every way. Oh, he is good. And finally, let me just share this with you. Uh, the, the 14 of God, the 14 of God, by his gracious hand, he gathers people. Let me show you the text. Word of God says, I will, God promises, I will gather you from the countries where you have been scattered. How? With a mighty hand. His mighty hand gathers. Now, when do you think this promise of God in Ezekiel, when do you think it came to fulfillment? 600 years later. 600 years later, on the very day that God gave birth to his church, on that day, God, the, the 14 of God, gathered people from 14 different countries, 14 different people groups, 14 different cultures, 14 different languages into one place. And all this gathering by the 14 of God, these 14 different people groups, Peter takes the opportunity to stand and declare the gospel that Jesus Christ died for our sins that he was buried, and on the third day, according to Scripture, was raised from the dead. And he just kept showing up and showing off after that. God gathered from the very inception. The church of Jesus was a multicultural church. God poured out his Holy Spirit and the gracious hand of God swept through that audience and moved in human hearts so that over 3,000 men gave their lives to Christ that day and were baptized into him. Now, that exciting event had a tremendous impact on two men. One man, his name was Stephen. And Stephen fell head over heels in love with Jesus. I mean, he was first in line to be baptized. He wanted to share fully in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He was filled to the full with the Holy Spirit that day. The other man, he hated Jesus. He hated every word he, he heard Peter speak. 
He was glad when Jesus was arrested. He was glad when Jesus was condemned. He was glad when Jesus was executed on a bloodstained cross. He did not believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. He did not acknowledge Jesus as Savior of the world. He did not acknowledge the shed blood of Christ for forgiveness of sin. He did not believe Jesus to be King of kings and Lord of lords, and his name was Saul. And he was bitter to the bone. Here's what happened on that day. Crowds came running to see what this was all about and were stunned to hear their own languages being spoken by the disciples. God poured out his Holy Spirit on the followers of Jesus and they miraculously translated Peter's preaching about the good news of Christ, Christ crucified for our sins, risen from the dead in 14 different languages. 14 cultures present. 14 different groups of people and the hand of God miraculously touched the followers of Jesus and they spoke in 14 different languages. The crowds came running. Um, now those two men, uh, guess what brought them to a spiritual showdown, a deadly spiritual showdown. Stephen, the committed Christ follower, Saul, the hater of Christians, the hater of Jesus. Guess what brought them to a deadly showdown? It was racial discrimination. The church had just exploded. By this time in the text, we don't know how many women and children were a part of the church, but over 5,000 men were a part of the, over 5,000 men plus women, plus children. And it was at that exact time that racial tension erupted in the church. Check this out. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers from the 14 different areas in the world complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were getting the shaft, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. You see, you can claim the name of Jesus and you can gather and worship in the name of Jesus. You can serve in the name of Jesus, but when discrimination erupts, it's the devil on the loose in an assembly. So what you're about to see, we receive from the word of God right here in this text, the key to all racial reconciliation. It is listening, it is showing respect, and is gaining understanding of the other person who is different than you. In this case, this is what the leaders of the church, devoted to prayer, devoted to God's word, here's how they responded. Having listened, having shown respect, having gained understanding, they said, select from among yourselves seven godly men, make sure they are honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry of serving. So, they're going to choose seven men. Guess who's number one in line? Guess who is the number one first round draft pick? Stephen. He was the one that everyone saw as honorable, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. Here's how the text describes him. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. Who does that sound like? 
That's how Jesus is described in the Bible. Full of grace and power, he performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Who does that sound like? Jesus. And then the spotlight shifts from Stephen, who loved Jesus, was baptized, was filled with the Holy Spirit, an honorable man, full of wisdom. The spotlight shifts to angry, hateful Saul. Scripture says, Saul was uttering threats with every breath. He did, every breath he breathed was murderous and hateful. Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. And so the showdown came about. Both men, Stephen, pre Stephen preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, crucified for our sins and risen from the dead. And Saul's in the audience. And as he hears declared the good news of Jesus, he, he, he flies into a fury. He has Stephen arrested and hauled into court just as Jesus was arrested and hauled into court. It, it's just that, sadly for Saul, Stephen spoke with such power that though they drug him into a court, look at this, no one could stand against Stephen's wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. He spoke by the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that filled him. And so in court, just like Jesus, false witnesses were lined up. They threw lie after lie after lie after lie, just hoping something would stick. And so the judge says to Stephen, these are serious charges, man. What do you have to say for yourself? And Stephen doesn't defend himself. He starts to tell a story. He tells the story of the Bible. He says, do you remember Abraham, the father of our faith? The gracious hand of God was on Abraham. Hey, do you remember Joseph? Anything bad that happened to Joseph, God turned to good. The gracious hand of God was on Joseph. Hey, do you remember Moses? Moses talked to God like a friend talks to a friend face to face. The gracious hand of God was on Moses. Hey, do you remember David? Greatest king ever. The gracious hand of God was on David. And then Stephen says, all these people in all these places, they were mere signs pointing to the coming king of kings, Jesus. God gave us his son and you murdered him. You murdered Jesus. Oh my gosh, as one man in a fury, Saul and the whole court came up out of their seats and physically charged and physically seized Stephen. The word of God says, that they went wild, a rioting mob, furious with Stephen. They shook their fists at him in a rage. In full stampede, they dragged him out of town. You couldn't kill anybody inside the city of Jerusalem. That's why Jesus was crucified on a hill outside Jerusalem. That's what they're going to do. Is I see Saul leading the charge. I see him out front giving directions. I see him fueling the fierce fury of this wild mob. And he gets to uh, the precipice, the edge of a deep ditch where the corpse of the executed victim could be kicked off and left to rot or be ravaged by wild animals. And when Saul has pointed to the exact spot where he wants the victim, Stephen, and that the accusers have placed him there, here's what happens. Stephen's accusers 
took off their coats. They're going to, I mean, they're going to get everything out of their way to throw as hard as they can. So they take off their coats and laid them at the feet of the young man named Saul. As I was preparing this message this week and reading this text, I remembered a line from a book I had recently read. The main character, the hero of the story, at a climatic moment, he made this statement. He said, all the hate, it builds and builds like an infection in your heart. When it comes pouring out, you can't stop it. That's what hate does. You can go to church, but if you got hate in your heart, it builds and builds like an infection. And when it comes pouring out, you can't stop it. But I believe the opposite is also true. I believe with all my heart that when the gracious hand of God is on your life, it does something to your heart. And here's what I believe. Put this in your book. All the love. That was funny. (laughs) All the love. It builds and builds like a swelling flood in your heart. When the dam breaks and it comes pouring out, you can't stop it. When the gracious hand of God is on your life, you can't stop the love. And the gracious hand of God was on Stephen. He loved Jesus enough to be baptized. He loved Jesus enough, filled with the Holy Spirit, to serve people humbly. And here's what the gracious hand of God looked like and how it acted on Stephen's life. Check this out. Under the gracious hand of God, you get great faith. Not just Stephen, but me. Not just Stephen, but you. Here's the word of God. Here's how it happened to Stephen. Stephen, overtaken by great faith, was full of the Holy Spirit. Friends, today in our world, people are overtaken by greed. They're overtaken by racial prejudice. They're overtaken by politics. They're overtaken by their own personal opinions, by their own personal preferences. Can I have that back again? Stephen, overtaken by great faith. When you're overtaken by great faith, you get great love. When you're overtaken by great faith, you get great joy. When you're overtaken by great faith, you get great peace. He was overtaken by great faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Here's the second thing you get when the gracious hand of God is on you. Under the gracious hand of God, you get to see the glory of God. You get to see the glory of God in your marriage. You get to see the glory of God in your health. You get to see the glory of God in your finances. You get to see the glory of God. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Here's what happened in the text. Stephen only had eyes for God. He wasn't looking at his accusers. He wasn't looking at Saul. He wasn't looking for a way of escape. He wasn't looking for a way out. He only had eyes for God who he saw in all his glory. You see, when you only have eyes for God, his gracious hand begins to rest on your life in power, in victory unifying, gathering. Check this out. Number three, under the gracious hand of God, you see Jesus rightly honored. Oh my gosh, what's a marriage like where Jesus is rightly honored in the marriage? What's your workplace like when you honor Jesus rightly in your workplace? What are your finances like when you honor Jesus rightly in your finances? Check it out. Here's what scripture says about Stephen. He saw Jesus saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Here's the next value 
of having God's gracious hand on you, under the gracious hand of God, you are welcomed by Jesus. Here's what happens. As they hurled stone after stone at him, Stephen prayed, our Lord Jesus, not, not my Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus, not Central's Lord Jesus, not Iglesia's Lord Jesus, not New Life's Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus. Isn't that how Jesus said to pray? Our Father, our Lord Jesus. Isn't this how, what Jesus prayed on the cross? Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Our Lord Jesus, accept my spirit into your presence. And, and one more, let me give you one more. Under the gracious hand of God, you forgive as you're forgiven. Maybe there's someone tonight when you go home. Maybe there's someone tonight when you switch off your TV screen or the computer that you need to call. You need to sit down and write a real letter, not one of them email things. And maybe you need to ask forgiveness or extend forgiveness. Here's the word of God. Sounding just like Jesus, Stephen crumpled to his knees and shouted in a loud voice, our Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And then he died. And then, as soon as his eyes closed in death, they instantaneously opened in the presence of the Jesus that he had witnessed. Opened in the presence of the Jesus he had loved. Opened in the presence of Jesus that he had served. Now he was going to go on to do what he loved best with those he loved most forever in heaven. In the presence of Jesus. So you see, when you get the gracious hand of God on your life, you got power, you got victory, you got unity, and you are gathered close to the heart of a God who wants to reveal himself in love and mercy and grace. A God who is with you and will not leave you, not even when life is at its worst. Not even when moments seem the most desperate. I pray the Holy Spirit is all over you right now and you are overtaken by faith as you watch online. That you are overtaken by faith as you sit in this place. I pray the gracious hand of God on you. Ray, would you come and pray the gracious hand of God on our people, please? Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.